complicated. Here's an example. The traditional view of how the human brain processes language is that it takes place in the left hemisphere and two specific areas. Broca's area and Wernicke's area are the centers of language activity. If those areas are damaged, you can't produce language. But Alex Huth, a postdoc in Gallant's lab, recently showed that's too simplistic an understanding. Huth wanted to know if the whole brain was involved in language comprehension. In an experiment, he had several participants listen to up to two hours of the storytelling podcast The Moth, while he and colleagues recorded their brain activity in fMRI scanners. The goal was to correlate distinct areas of brain activity with hearing individual words. That produces an enormous amount of data, more than any human can possibly deal with, Gallant says. But a computer program trained to look for patterns can find them, and the program Huth designed was able to reveal an atlas of where individual words live in the brain. Alex's study showed huge parts of the brain are involved in semantic comprehension, Gallant says. He also showed that words with similar meanings, like poodle and dog, are located near one another in the brain. So what's the significance of a project like this? In science, prediction is power. If scientists can predict how a dizzying flurry of brain activity translates to language comprehension, they can build a better model of how the brain works. And if they can build a working model, they can better understand what's happening when the variables change, when the brain is sick. Machine learning is a broad term that encompasses a huge array of software. In consumer tech, machine learning technology is accelerating by leaps and bounds. Identifying learning how to see objects in photos, for instance, at near human levels. Using a machine learning technology called deep learning, Google's Translate service has gone from a rudimentary, often humorously so, translation tool, to a machine that can translate Hemingway in a dozen languages, with a style that rivals the prose. But on the most basic level, machine learning programs look for patterns. What's the likelihood that X variable will correlate with Y? Typically, machine learning programs need to be trained on a data set first. In training, these programs look for patterns in the data. The more training data, typically, the smarter and more accurate these programs become. After training, the machine learning programs are given brand new sets of data they've never seen before. And with those new sets of data, they can start to make predictions. A good simple example is your email spam filter. Machine learning programs have scanned enough pieces of junk mail, learning the patterns of language contained within them, to know a piece of spam when they see a new email. Machine learning can be very simple programs that just calculate mathematical regressions. You remember those from middle school math, right? Hint, it's about finding the slope of a line that explains the patterns of a smattering of data points. Or it can be like Google DeepMind, which feeds off millions of data points, and is the reason why Google was able to build a computer to beat a human at Go, a game so complicated that its board and pieces have more possible configurations than there are atoms in the universe. Neuroscientists are using machine learning for several different ends. Here are the two basic ones, encoding and decoding. With encoding, machine learning tries to predict the pattern of brain activity a stimulus will produce. Decoding is the opposite, looking at areas of brain activity and predicting what the participants are looking at. Note, neuroscientists can use machine learning on other forms of brain scans, like EEGs and MEGs, 
in addition to fMRI. Bryce Cool, a neuroscientist at the University of Oregon, recently used decoding to reconstruct faces that participants were looking at from fMRI data alone. The brain regions Cool targeted in the MRI have been long known to be related to vivid memories. Is that region representing details of what you saw, or just lighting up, because you were just confident in the memory, Cool says. That the machine learning program could predict features of the face from the brain activity in that region suggests that's where the information on the details of what you saw lives. Similarly, Gallant's experiment to predict what works of art participants were thinking about unveiled a small secret about the mind. We activate the same brain areas to remember visual features as we do when we're seeing them. The neuroscientists I spoke to all said that machine learning isn't revolutionizing their field drastically yet. The big re-